This podcast is for general information only. It is not intended as a substitute for general health care services. If you have medical conditions, you need to see your doctor. Use of this information is at the user's own risk. Welcome to FitRx with Dr. Greg Dennis. Join me as we challenge the standard sick model of healthcare. This is your source for everything health, wellness, prevention, fitness, biohacking, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of FitRx. I'm your host, Dr. Greg Dennis. So as you know, I'm always looking and researching and trying to bring you Uh, the latest information on how to optimize your health. And so today we have an interesting topic that you probably don't know a whole lot about because uh, I don't know a whole lot about it. And so he's going to be educating the listeners as well as myself on hydrogen water. And so we're going to learn about some of the health benefits of uh, hydrogen water. So today's guest is Alex Tarnava. Did I say, say it right? Close enough. Close enough. (laughs) Uh, So he is the CEO of Drink, uh, HRW, and Natural Wellness, invented the hydrogen water tablet. So he is here to tell us all about why we should have hydrogen in our water. So Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So tell us just a little bit about your background, and I don't think you're medical, uh, but how did somebody like yourself get into this research and why of all things did you, how did you begin to study hydrogen water? Yeah. I mean, uh, long story short, uh, necessity about, about seven years ago, um, I was probably the, the fittest of my life. Um, I was training six to eight hours a day. I was, uh, you know, training, competing in CrossFit, also training in martial arts. My active recovery days were going for multi-hour hikes, for instance, or doing, you know, sprints at the track. So I was, uh, fitness was my life. My, my other business, I, I'd uh, innovated on uh, a machine with um, basically like breath analysis for alcohol, right? Um, and, and that only had me working about a week a month. So the other three weeks a month, I was maybe working an hour or two day two hour, an hour or two a day at home, and then just training all the time. I got sick, you know, it was probably some sort of mystery virus that they couldn't figure out. Um, but uh, basically, it hit me all of a sudden, like a whirlwind. I had sudden onset narcolepsy, I'd fall asleep. If I, I sat down for more than one to two minutes, um, I was sleeping 16, 18 hours a day. I'm usually a guy that can easily function off about five right? So it, it was pretty impactful there. Um, I had uh, central nervous system shutdown fatigue. I couldn't jump an inch off the ground. At that time, I had like a 54 inch plyometric box jump. You know, I, I could string together back then like 20 bar muscle ups. I, I couldn't even do a chest bar. Um, it didn't impact my strength. I could still deadlift, squat, bench press, about the same amount of weight, but I just had no explosive or reactive movements whatsoever. My inflammation, my, my uh, CRP was off the charts. It was uh, like 34, I think it's milligrams of deciliter. So it was like 80 times higher what you'd expect, you know, for, for normal conditions. 
after a few weeks, I was also anemic, but uh, in retrospect, I have no idea if that's because they were drawing blood two, three times a week for me for weeks on end or, you know, anything else. Cause my diet was very high in iron. So it didn't make a lot of sense. My uh, best friend and roommate at the time, he also got sick. He was a guy that, you know, top 10 in triathlon, Spartan races, stuff like that. Um, it knocked him out in a different way. He had pneumonia for weeks and had to go to the hospital a couple of times. Um, so it was uh, really, really bizarre. They couldn't figure it out, but all of a sudden it just settled, right? Like dust cleared, inflammation went back to normal, stopped sleeping like that. But when the dust settled, I, my whole body was frozen and I was in a lot of pain. Imaging showed that I developed osteoarthritis in something like 11 spots, right? So I had like, you know, a polyarthritic episode, uh, worst of which was in my left shoulder, which basically in the span of a couple months had gone to moderate osteoarthritis, you know, pretty, pretty significant generation. I went on like a thousand milligrams of naproxen a day and started doing um, uh, cortisone injections just uh just so I could try and keep training, but uh, I knew those weren't long-term solutions. So I started just scouring PubMed. You know, I found hydrogen water, hydrogen therapy. When I say scouring PubMed, I'm a really obsessive person. So instead of training, I was reading studies for eight hours a day for days on end. So I found this hydrogen water. I, I bought a machine for like five grand. Um, didn't think much about it. Um, just kept using it. And after eight or nine months of on the thousand milligrams of naproxen a day, I uh, fainted a few times training. I, I guess I developed multiple ulcers, right? So I wasn't processing food properly. Um, so I had to stop the naproxen and my shoulder instantly froze again, right? Like I couldn't get a, a jacket on. I, I couldn't sleep through the night. You know, that was frustrating because I, I in my mind, bought a $5,000 paperweight. It was doing nothing. You know, went back to the internet, searching through PubMed, searching, reading articles, saw a couple new articles on, on hydrogen therapy and hydrogen water that, that annoyed me because obviously it wasn't working for me, but uh, it just dawned on me. How do I know I'm getting hydrogen water? What dose are they delivering? Like I just taken the salesman salesman's word for it. So I started uh looking and reading the methods and uh, none of the studies were using machines like the ones I'd bought. So I uh, sought a reagent. I tested the hydrogen concentration of the machine. It was like off the charts low. It was undetectable, right? So I wasn't actually getting hydrogen water. I I'd literally bought a $5,000 paperweight. It was uh, one third the minimum detection basically, right? And the tablets I went on to invent deliver about 120 times the minimum detection on, on this reagent, right? So, you know, it, it just was a minuscule, minuscule amount of hydrogen. That set me off on like kind of like a DIY project. I started looking into it, um, looking at other products, trying to modify them because there's no good products on the market. Um, I started having to kind of MacGyver some of the ones that existed to get more hydrogen out of them within about 10 days of finding one product that I could MacGyver to get about 10 times the hydrogen that it was producing through their own technology, my shoulder unfroze. 
but I really didn't want to support this company or any of the other ones. They were making a lot of claims. They were claiming to cure cancer. They're claiming to do all of these sorts of things, super unethical. Um, so I just went back to the drawing board to try and just reformulate it myself and better anyways, just as a DIY project. I just had a, a bit of a, a sober second thought at that time. Um, I understood the chemistry well enough, but I didn't want to have, you know, be a Darwin award winner and blow myself up in my kitchen playing with elemental magnesium, which is the white and fireworks and hydrogen gas and enclosed space. Um, I found my founding partner, uh, Dr. Holland. So he's a, a PhD medicinal chemist, right? Um, he runs a, a team in the pharmaceutical industry um, in drug discovery. At first, he told me it was the worst pseudoscience he'd ever heard of in his life. Um, he gave me all his objections from you know, uh, a chemist standpoint and you know, from a physiological standpoint. Luckily, I'd been reading about the science for about a year. So I, I responded to all, all of his objections and said, okay, this is what they found in this study, this study, this study, sent him some of the, the better designed trials at that time. He got back to me and said, you know, certainly seems there's enough evidence, you know, for supplemental use. Sure. I'll take a look at what you've got. I just kept on sending him a new study every day as he was working on my formulations and tweaking them and seeing if I'd made any, you know, egregious errors and, uh, just serendipitously, I sent him one on Hep B, a human trial on Hep B, and he called me for lunch, and I didn't realize that uh, he was working on a drug to cure Hep B at that time, you know, because his background was neuropathic pain through calcium channels, and he said, listen, like, you know, unless this is frauded, they're, they're onto something with this, you know, that this is having a pretty prominent effect. Are you sure you want to just do this as a DIY project, right, you know? Are you sure you don't want to commercialize this? Because like I'm in if you want to, you know, take this to market. And I uh, thought about it. And I, you know, at that time, I'm like, thought this is out of my field of expertise. I don't really, I haven't really been in this area. I hate the supplement industry. I, I hate how they do things and they don't, uh, they make all these claims, these vague claims with no evidence behind them. Um, but at the end of the day, I just said, well, if I have, you know, controlled the company and we're doing things properly, you know, and I have the right counsel beside me, then, then we can do this right. We went for it. It took about three weeks for him, two, three weeks for him to tweak my formulations and um, optimize our, our kind of like bench, bench R&D samples. Um, then to hit market, making 10 pills in a mortar and pestle and then making millions of pills at high speed is, is incredibly different. So we had to go back to the drawing board. It took us uh, over 2000 iterative adjustments, 15 failed scale up attempts in a year, right? Before we had our first production ready tablet. Um, since then, you know, we've gone through thousands of more iterative adjustments to, to continue improving the, the formulation. Um, we're one of only about 4% of supplements in, on the U.S. market with new dietary ingredient status with the FDA. Um, and we have one of the most, if not the most robust clinical research program in, in the game with seven published clinical trials, three case studies, a preclinical research program. We have 16 clinical trials underway, including phase three research, um, four preclinical research programs underway. We're dealing with, I've lost count, 13 or 14 universities around the world right now. So that's kind of what we committed to once, once we hit the market. So 
I want to go back to you kind of studying or looking at these studies on PubMed. I mean, you know, PubMed is, is a, you know, huge place for a lot of studies. And so you'd almost have to be searching out hydrogen water. You know, how, how did you just, were you looking for that? And how did you go about, you know, searching for that? Or was it just by happenstance? It was by happenstance. Like I said, I mean, we're not talking about like one day, one little search. Like I was searching six, eight hours a day right every day trying different phrases going through page after page obviously when i'd see things you know in the titles that weren't that relevant you know i'd skip over them um as you know like when you publish science you, you have like tags and keywords you know and then you might get ten thousand results or twenty thousand results so for instance like you know at the time like i wasn't interested in say turmeric right so i just be fast scrolling through pages, looking for anything, uh, anything that caught my eye, right. And then go into it. And then if something caught my eye, you know, I'd quickly Google and see if there was anything commercially available, if there was any way that I could even obtain it, right. If the trial looked promising. So this was not just a casual look in like, you know, finding hydrogen water. It was a full-time job for weeks on end before, you know, it, it struck me. And uh, um, when I saw hydrogen water, I actually knew people who were selling it. I, I had thought it was a scam, right? But when I started reading some of the articles, you know, on it, I reached out to someone who was selling these machines that I, I'd seen selling them on Facebook. So it, it, it was when it caught my eye reading a study, I'd already seen it before. Gotcha. Right. So what I'm curious, like, what made people begin studying this? I mean, that seems kind of random to me to, you know, to just add hydrogen to water and let's see what happens. I mean, you know, what, what were some of the original studies and maybe the, the motivation behind these studies? Um, actually, uh, accidental, right. Uh, it, it was the, the, um, elect, you know, electrically reduced water, you know, fat in Japan, right. That's going back like 80 years or so. And just, so many anecdotal reports, some of these water ionizers will get a therapeutic dose of hydrogen. Some of them don't at all, right? But different brands reporting therapeutic doses. There were clinical trials, you know, on ERW. They made absolutely no sense, you know, whatsoever because there was no physiological basis why these machines should have been working at the time. And uh, it was really... Uh, in the mid 2000s that researchers started trying to identify what else was in this water other than what the marketers were, were claiming that could be leading to the benefits seen in some of these clinical trials and everything. And uh, that the dissolved hydrogen is what cropped up. Um, now we go back in time and uh, there was a single publication in the mid seventies from uh, um, Texas, uh, Texas A&M, um, and Baylor that showed that uh, basically hydrogen inhalation, right, under, you know, higher pressure um, resolved uh, like skin cancer in rats, right? So there's one publication then nothing happened from it from there. Um, but then we go back even farther and there was reports of, you know, increased healing and stuff from magnesium-based implants, right? And that's actually going back over a hundred years, right? Like we use biodegradable implants with magnesium metal or iron, right? And they create hydrogen gas. 
And uh, we've known that that increases outcomes and healings and all these things. It's been mostly attributable to the minerals entering our system. But now we know that the hydrogen gas plays a therapeutic role, which could be explaining why these biodegradable implants do pretty well in, in a lot of outcomes. So once, once they kind of discovered that the hydrogen gas in the water was working, then some other pieces were coming into play, but there was still a ton to learn. There's still a ton to learn. You know, um, it, it wasn't reconciled for a lot of years why it seemed dissolving hydrogen in water was, you know, effective at about 1% the dose is inhaling the gas. But now we know things like uh, when we dissolve it in water, it seems to positively impact our, our microbiome right? Whereas inhaling doesn't get into our gut, it isn't playing this role. Um, also, when dissolved in water, it, it's, uh, um, in a lot of cases, um, trigger, triggering, uh, you know, uh, ghrelin excretion, right, which inhaling doesn't do. So there's been a lot of questions, you know, that, that we've been, as society, been like, trying to find the answers to, um, even why does hydrogen have these impacts, you know, because, our bacteria can produce, you know, a liter to 12 liters of hydrogen gas a day. You know, why is this small burst doing a difference, making a difference? And uh, um, hydrogen's always in all of our cells. Why is this small spike, you know, playing such a, a pivotal role? Um, and now new hypotheses have started emerging on, on why this is the case. Um you know, our, our mitochondria basically evolved from hydrogen dependent, a hydrogen dependent organelle. Hydrogen has been involved in life since the beginning of our planet, the beginning of life. It, it played a, a critical role. Um, even the oldest waters ever found in the, on the planet, you know, waters billions of years old have dissolved hydrogen in them. So they, they could have been playing this role all along. Now we, we start considering, um, our body, you know, and our, our bacteria produces hydrogen by breaking down carbohydrates. You know, for the majority of our evolution, we were going to have pretty erratic exposure to carbohydrates to be producing hydrogen. You know, maybe we, we don't have any for days on end and then we have a, a, a feast, right? Um, now people eat pretty consistent diets, which could explain why this large amount of hydrogen we have in our system seems, seems to have no effect but when we take, you know, a relatively small amount of it, it, it seems to alter all these gene expressions, alter all this cell signaling. But then we look at it, say, taking 20 milliliters of hydrogen gas, which seems like a drop in the bucket compared to upwards of 12 liters you make a day. When you break that down into the couple minutes you're taking it, it, it uh, doubles cellular concentrations, right? And, and when we're abruptly raising cellular concentrations for the short amount of time, that's when we're seeing all these changes in cell signaling. So talk about what it did for you personally, and then also, you know, what some of these other studies, what they're finding on the health benefits in, in others. Yeah. Um, so for me personally, like uh, the big thing, what uh, made me say, Hey, th there's something here. Cause this, this worked a lot. Um, is it unfroze my shoulder. It obviously didn't regrow my cartilage or anything like that, but uh, I could put on a jacket, I could put on a shirt and it was pretty abrupt. And it wasn't just like, oh, my shoulder feels a bit better. You know, um, I'm big on, on using scientific methods 
for self-experimentation. Um, I actually started a, a not-for-profit based on this to teach basic scientific principles to consumers and try and collect data so we can basically all be submitting our own case studies on what's working with proper controls and be gathering data from this. So I, I was actually measuring you know, my, my uh, mobility at the time, right, in, in tangible measurements, to, and it worked pretty dramatically. Um, and then I started giving it to others who had pain, and they were all reporting benefits, and that's when I went down that rabbit hole even further. Um, that's where clinical research, it's pretty wide-ranging. You know, we have, we have clinical research on, on athletic performance and recovery, you know, lowering delayed-onset muscle soreness, stuff like that. Um, our strongest clinical evidence right now is on, on metabolic outcomes. So, you know, in our first pilot study in, in a metabolic aspect, it was on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. In 28 days, um, we saw a significant drop in liver fat, a 10% drop in AST, and an 11% improvement in insulin sensitivity by HOMA2 analysis. Um, now, this was, uh, this was double-blind placebo-controlled crossover design. So it was well-controlled. Our second study on metabolic outcomes was uh, 60 participants for six months. And uh, basically the tablets, it was also double-blind placebo-controlled, um, randomized. And the tablets um, basically reversed metabolic syndrome in this group. It was effective in 18 of 20 measured parameters. Um, so it was, it was very effective. Uh, we have replicative work underway right now, um, actually not underway under manuscript prep, um, for this as well on, on fatty liver. We have uh, studies on recovery from sleep deprivation. Our first study that was published basically showed uh, that, that hydrogen um, was as effective as caffeine at raising alertness on the attention network test after 24 hours of sleep depth in young, healthy individuals. Um, they seem to score higher on different segments of the test. Hydrogen seemed to affect orienting. Um, which caffeine doesn't affect. Um, we did a replication study on that. That's actually under peer review right now. It showed that hydrogen had a, a more robust effect on brain metabolism than, than caffeine. Um, again, seemed to, to hit different routes. Um, so that's some pretty cool research that, that uh, we have and that's under peer review. Um, for a different outcome there, we, we've got some preclinical work research along that line um, as well. The, the research that's underway is all over the map because this isn't research that we're hiring, you know, contract research organizations to do. Um, we have uh, kind of a, a, a seek the truth and transparency policy in science. So I run our clinical outreach program. I, I talk to all these teams that are interested in hydrogen in general. Um, and we assist them in studying what they want to study. Right. So it might be a small donation, maybe just product, maybe just putting them in touch with other teams that have more expertise on certain matters in them so they can design a better study. Um, at the end of the day, they have final write off on, on protocol and they have say on publication rights. So if the trial doesn't work, we can't, you know, throw it in the trash. Right. They can publish the results no matter what they are. So we have, uh, multiple trials underway in the US. One is on, on professional athletes looking at sleep quality and muscle soreness and fatigue. 
Um, another is on post-stroke recovery that's at Stony Brook University. Um, there's another on chronic fatigue at Stony Brook, um, another on Parkinson's disease at 70 participants for a year at Stony Brook also. Um, they also have one on cancer patients looking at uh, quality of life, primarily in outcomes in patients with high-grade gliomas. Um, then we have, uh, we have a open label uh, study done um, under manuscript prep on hospitalized COVID patients. We have a, a phase two in Eastern Europe that's done a RCT on COVID. And we have a, a equivalent of a phase three on COVID-19 in France. Um, that's actually expanding. They were looking to recruit about 450 patients and they're upping that to, I think around a thousand right now in a multi-center effort. So that's a, a pretty big trial. We also have a trial under manuscript prep um, looking at something like 30 different phenotypic biomarkers of aging in a 70 plus population after six months use. So the clinical evidence like that's being explored right now is really all over the map. So, you know, I talk a lot about on this podcast, you know, ways to improve health through nutrition and through fasting and, and other things. And so, um, you know, I definitely don't believe there's just a, a miracle cure out there, but if someone were to not change anything, okay, say, so they're, they're not changing nutrition, they're not really doing anything differently, and they just began drinking hydrogen water, what, what benefits would they receive? Like what, what would change? Probably depends on their health status at the time, right? Like uh, hydrogen has shown to do a lot of different things and it doesn't do the same thing in every model, right? You know, um, like, like I was saying bef before we started, um, most studies show that hydrogen is pretty potent anti-inflammatory like agent, but some studies show an increase in inflammation. I mean, this is true for say exercise, you know, as well, right? Exercise actually acts as anti-inflammatory by acutely raising inflammation via releasing uh, interleukin-6 as its myokine role from skeletal tissues. Same thing with oxidative stress. Usually hydrogen has, has a very strong antioxidant effect, but in some models, it's had a fairly strong pro-oxidative stress effect, right? Because we don't always want to just be having tons of excess antioxidants in our system. We want, you know, this harmony, this homeostasis between our oxidative stress and our antioxidants. Um, you know, and not all free radicals are bad. Look at nitric oxide, right? They, a lot of them have, have important roles. Um, it, it's even, like I said, with autophagy, like hydrogen has shown in numerous models to, to um, activate autophagy, but in some models it's shown to inhibit autophagy, you know, where you don't want autophagy to, to be going on like heart failure. Right. And, and that is actually one of the models that hydrogen showed that it inhibited autophagy. So it really depends on the person. Um, I mean, for the metabolic outcomes, something like one in three North Americans have either metabolic syndrome, fatty liver disease, or both. And that's where our strongest evidence is right now. We have a lot of clinical trials underway and a preclinical research program underway showing some really cool stuff regarding sleep quality um, or, or exploring sleep. Most people have sleep issues, right? That's one of the most important things that I think most people will notice when they start hydrogen. It's certainly our biggest anecdote. You know, we hear it over and over again. 
people saying I hadn't dreamt in 30 years, like, you know, people in their sixties that maybe work manual labor. I haven't, haven't dreamt or slept through the night in like 30 years. I dreamt after a week of taking the hydrogen water. We hear that kind of stuff all the time. It was actually, I wanted to get sleep research underway like years ago, but there was no evidence on it. So nobody was taking it seriously. It was just testimonials and anecdotes. And it actually took, you know, um, a researcher at a major lab in the U S to just start taking the hydrogen water for like athletic performance and notice the difference on his aura rink. Right. Mm -hmm. And say, Whoa, what's going on here? You know? And then he gave it to, to other researchers at his lab and they were noticing the difference too. And then they started like thinking about why, and then they started a sleep program in mice and it took, the data that they were churning out in mice, it's unpublished yet, but they, they let me kind of share some of the findings with some other teams that were um, exploring other outcomes. And that convinced the other teams to add like sleep questionnaires, like the PSQI, you know, to their research, start looking into it um, because public researchers don't want to research something that they have no justification for because they need to, to get their, their grant funding for it. Right. So it just took literally a testimonial from a researcher at a major lab, right, to convince the rest of his team to start looking into it and then finding positive results and then sharing those with other teams. And now, you know, our research on sleep is picking up pretty heavy. Gotcha. So I'm curious uh, most of the people that are using this, are they people who have? certain ailments like yourself that are just kind of searching for an answer or are they more people like me who are, you know, I'm pretty fit, I'm healthy, but consider myself a biohacker. I'm always looking for the next thing just to optimize and kind of try new things on myself or, or is it kind of all of the above? It's all the above. And, uh, you know, basically um, j just to kind of clarify, like um, natural wellness now that that's my manufacturing arm. I private label to like 50 or 60 brands, right? So different brands have, have different kind of like uh, consumer groups they target, right? And they market in different ways. Um, Drink HRW um, is a brand that I have uh, minority ownership in, but I I, uh, I I joined as, you know, and I'm part of that brand to give myself a voice so that I can kind of steer messaging, write my own blog, write my own content to get my voice out there in a lot of ways, you know, and they buy from my manufacturing arm, just like everyone else does kind of thing. But I serve as kind of the veto power for what gets said in that brand. Um, they tend to uh, market to athletes and biohackers, right. Are, are kind of the, the, you know, two, two user groups they go after. Um, we, uh, I know drink HRW has dozens of, endorsements from pro athletes right that that find the same things they find uh you know it, it uh reduces their soreness maybe after a week helps their sleep after a week pro athletes notoriously have terrible sleep you know they're overtraining, um they're up early training they're traveling all the time right so we get a lot of uh sleep testimonials from pro athletes um for people looking for fitness, hydrogen uh, doesn't jack you up like, you know, taking 500 milligrams of caffeine might. Um, what people usually notice is you can go hard for longer, you know? So there was a, a, a group of, of competitive runners that took it and 
the runners that to know their pace and stick with the pace the whole, you know, the whole race found no benefit. But the runners that start fast and try and hold pace noticed a dramatic benefit and they were PR, right, on, on their runs. Um, our one study on athletic performance found, you know, after a single dose, it was just a 15 minute roughly VO2 uh, max stress test. Uh, it was interesting because I don't think it was the right type of activity to show a performance benefit. So there wasn't, you know, a big performance benefit. But the people in the hydrogen group, um, their heartbeats, and this was a crossover design too, right? With baseline placebo and crossover, uh, their heart rates were like six beats per minute lower than the placebo or the baseline while they pulled in the same oxygen, right? So this kind of fits into to that narrative. Their bodies aren't working as hard as they're doing the same work, which is why, you know, athletes that are starting strong trying to hold on seem to be seeing a, a big difference. Um, there's another uh, a clinical trial out of the Czech Republic that that looked into repeated like uphill running tests that found sort of the same thing with this too. So, so high-level athletes can find that benefit for no longer high-level athletes, guys like me. You know, if you like working out, I can say the biggest thing for me is getting rid of leg pain. It's not going to let you work out your legs again the next day. But anyone who, who does a lot of squats, a lot of leg stuff knows that dread of trying to sit down on the toilet or something, you know, a day or two later. And uh, hydrogen uh, seems to really affect delayed onset muscle soreness. So your legs are so weak, you can't train them again, but you don't feel like you're 90 years old. Um, and, and so if somebody just wanted to, to try this to see how it made them feel, I mean, uh, is there any harm in doing that? Is there anybody who shouldn't try this? Um, so I just, uh, I looked at uh, all the, the reports of side effects and adverse events um, for a book chapter I wrote by invitation for Elsevier USA. Um, there's been thousands of participants in clinical trials and there were like 15 reported side effects. They were all over the map and in clinical research, you have to report anything, even if it's not believed to be related, right, to, to the treatment. Um, as far as we know, hydrogen is in, incredibly safe, right? There's not really any consistency in the reported side effects. Um, some reports of, you know, increased bowel movements, which hydrogen actually does, you know, increase, you know, speed of bowel movement, right? So that that's, I wouldn't say that's a, a bad thing, right? Um, also, the tablets have magnesium, right, which can act as a laxative too, you know. So we do get reports of people want, needing to use a bathroom to evacuate, like, you know, within half an hour of taking the tablets. But so far, there, there's there's no known contraindications. There's no serious adverse events, right? So it, it, the safety profile seems to be incredibly high. And how long should one try it uh, before they would expect any improvements? It depends what you're looking for. Um, for muscle soreness and sleep and stuff like that, typically one to two weeks, right? Seems to be when everyone's reporting a benefit. For aches and pains, it seems to be the, the same thing. We get people saying aches and pains are reduced within three to five days at one end. Other people, it takes up to three weeks. Really, really depends. Um, there isn't a magic number there. Um, for metabolic outcomes, it seems the longer is the better right? Uh, I, I'm writing a, a systematic review right now of basically it's a critical review of the translation to clinical research on hydrogen. Um, for metabolic in particular, uh, metabolic issues is where there seems to be the most prevalent 
dose concentration and duration dependent response, meaning the longer you take it and the higher the dose and concentration, the more prominent the results seem to be, right? So you might start noticing a benefit after a month for metabolic profiles, but it, it should continue building over multiple months for really acute reasons. Say you're super healthy, all your markers are within an ideal range, and, and you never work out to failure to have like super sore muscles. Um, hydrogen can't do a lot for you unless you have a bad day, right? Which everyone has. So for those type of people, I actually don't recommend taking the tablets every day because you're just not going to be getting good value out of it. Um, take them days that you're really run down and tired, right? Try and take it with, with or without coffee. We have a lot of people doing that, that take it uh, as a mid-afternoon pick-me-up when they don't want to have caffeine at that time. Um, like I, I mentioned, our, our clinical research shows it's a, a more robust improvement on brain metabolism than caffeine. And it was equivalent to caffeine in improvements in the attention networks um, test, which is a scale of improving alertness right after sleep deprivation. So take it times like that, um, you know, or, or take it if you get injured, right? Especially the bath tablets. If you have like a soft tissue injury, um, we have uh, one clinical trial that, uh, um, it, it was head to head against rice, rice protocol. And it showed, uh, statistically equivalent, but it was trending to better. And with the large group, it would have been significant above rice protocol improvement of outcomes after grade two ankle tears in pro soccer players. And that was just a day's use of the bath tablets. Um, we find from our, our pro athletes and anecdotes that multi-day use it is a lot better like multiple days in a row of say you, you twist your ankle or hurt your arm or your, your wrist or something like that, hurt your hand. Um, and finally, we, we have a, a really small, uh, a really small trial under manuscript prep right now, but uh, um, it seems to work wonders for a hangover, right? Especially if you take it right before you start drinking as a preventative. Um, and in the hangover tests, you know, that, that we did, it seems to be most prevalent for, you know, um, neurological outcomes after a hangover, headache, dizziness, but also energy like fatigue, motivation, that type of thing. Okay. Um, so these, as far as drinking it, these are tablets that you put in, you know, a glass of water, bottle of water. Um, talk about the dosing. Uh, so if somebody wants to start using these, do they just do one a day in the morning? Do they do it throughout the day? What, what's recommended? And this is where we really need more more information on, right? And that I, I've kind of been championing getting better dose, you know, response research going. Um, often, uh, often the big knock on, on public research is there's a hundred different teams working on things, and they all have their own goals in mind, and they don't really care about what's going on on other teams. So it's, it's really aimless and, and driftless in a sense. Whereas private research they identify the dose, they identify all these things, right? And they go down a straight line towards, you know, market approval. And that's why public research might take three, four or five times as long as private research, you know, to find useful information. What we are seeing is that there is a dose dependent response, but the right dose for the right people, the right milligrams per kilogram body weight, for instance, stuff like that, um, for the right outcomes that has yet to be defined. Um, and figured out exactly. 
What I can say is one of our tablets gives about six milligrams of hydrogen, which is with, there's only a couple studies not using our tablets that have that dose, right? So in all the other clinical research, uh, we typically, a single one of our tablets is higher than most other studies. However, our research has shown a lot more prominent benefits than a lot of the other researchers because our dose is so much higher. And most of our research uses two or three tablets. Anecdotally, some people like bigger guys with more damage, um, myself included, uh, find a bigger benefit even at four or five tablets. So we don't yet know, right, where the optimal dose is. Um, I recommend starting lower and scaling up if you aren't seeing a benefit to find it is. Um, think of it sort of like any other hormetic agent, you know, from, from exercise, cold exposure, everything. Um, there's going to be sort of a, a reverse J curve, right? Um, so say with exercise, if you're sedentary, you have all these deleterious health consequences. As you start exercising, your benefits increase to a point, right? Then there's a long plateau of benefit. And then if you take too much, you know, it's deleterious, just like if you didn't exercise at all, mm -hmm. right? So so far with hydrogen, as we've been scaling dose, it's at least been increasing or plateauing. We haven't found where it's harmful yet, right? So uh, that said, there is magnesium in the tablet. You can take too much magnesium in, so be, be cognizant of that. But uh, figuring out the exact dose for you for your exact issue um, is more experimental at this point rather than... Having so written. as far as starting off, do most people just start with maybe one or two a day, kind of work up from there? Is that what you yeah. recommend? Yeah, exactly. Most people start with one or two a day. And, uh, you, you know, like I, like I said, I, I seem to need four or five a day, right? But like I said, I, I've got arthritis in 11 spots. You know, I, I work 80 to 100 plus hours a week, right? I've got a lot of stress on my body. Um, my wife, uh, um, before COVID anyway, she was a, a competitive runner. And in female runners, they get hip impingement is pretty common. She finds, you know, one or two tablets a day, every two or three days gets rid of her hip impingement, right? So she needs a dramatically lower dose than I do, but I'm double her size and I have a lot more damage. I'm assuming if people are taking multiple doses, I mean, that you want to spread this throughout the day. So take one in the morning, maybe one at noon, maybe one later. Is that correct? Or does it matter? Um, I'd actually recommend taking them in quick succession. I, I go through different protocols. Um, we're, we're still trying to figure out that there's, there's some evidence that, that you can build up a tolerance to hydrogen. It, it makes sense. You build up a tolerance to exercise. You build up a tolerance to, to cold exposure, heat exposure, all these things, um, all these adaptive stressors, right. That, that we've defined. Um, don't sip the water all day long because it's working by acutely raising your cellular concentrations. So you want a big blast one or two times a day, right? So, you know, maybe for three months, I'll, I'll drink a liter of water with five tablets in it first thing in the morning or right before my workout, right? But I can chug down a liter of water, no problem. You know, then I'll take a week off and then I'll do one in the morning, one in the mid-afternoon, right? You know, and, and change it up. So I recommend finding protocols. I actually have an article, right? describing different protocols that you can try and cycle through because the last thing you want to do is build up a tolerance. Now, this is just anecdotal, but 
we found after a couple of years that we had a lot of our, our original customers trying to say that their issues started coming back, right? And then when we started advising them to, to wash out of hydrogen for a week or two and then start a different dose at a different time of day, overwhelmingly, they all said that it started working again. Now, there is one trial where that was long-term use uh, of you know, hydrogen-rich saline in, in uh, patients on dialysis, right? And it found for the first six months, first year, there were very strong benefits in, in lowering medications and, and patient outcomes and all of these things. But by the end of the four years, right, it was no better than, than placebo. So it started off super strong and slowly tapered off. And, and again, this makes sense in light of, of the hypotheses that hydrogen is sort of an adaptive stress, like a hormetic agent, like exercise, like cold exposure, like heat exposure, because we know for all of these, you know, hormetic stressors, you build up a tolerance to them. If you do the exact same exercise every day for your whole life, it stops being exercise. It just becomes stress. The, these come, if, if people are interested, they, they come in a bottle, they're tablets. And then yeah. how many tablets typically come in a bottle? Um, so there's 30 counts and 60 okay. counts with the Drink HRW brand. Yeah, they're in 30 counts and 60 counts. Um, there's other other products too, like uh, Drink HRW just launched one. Uh, it's called Boost, right? And it's really is a, a healthy replacement for energy drinks, for you know pre workouts, everything like that. Um, it's you drop two hydrogen tablets. Um, it has 1.5 grams of nitrosogene. That, that's a patented ingredient to you know increase nitric oxide um, and 200 milligrams of caffeine. Right. So it's kind of a, a, a three-pronged approach for, you know, mind and body stimulation. Um, you know, there's other brands that have other ingredients that are added to the tablets too for different outcomes, like metabolic stuff like that. Um, so really, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of different options out there. Um, at the drinkhrw, you know, .com, there's a 30 count, a 60 count, and then there's the boost right? That, that comes with the other ingredients. And then there's also the bath tablets too, that I mentioned, right? For, for bathing in and, and injuries like that. Very good. Um, so before we wrap up anything else that you want to say that I didn't ask you just, you know, about, uh, about hydrogen water? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, really it's, uh, it's a lot to understand and a lot to unpack. There's a lot of research on it. Uh, for viewers, if, if it sounds confusing, even for people, say, with medical backgrounds or scientific backgrounds, uh, be skeptical, right? You want to be skeptical, right? And everyone is always initially skeptical because it doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense. All I can say is the research is out there. It confused the researchers in the area at first. But after 13, 14 years of research, the teams are increasing, the scale of the research is increasing. Everything that we want to see from good science in results being replicated and, and replicated um, when, when controls are increased, right? So often actually we're seeing with the metabolic side, um, the open label trials have weaker results than double blind placebo controlled trials with more participants, right? And what we're seeing is in the larger trials are using higher dosages, right? So that's exactly what we want to see in research. All the progression is exactly what we want to see. It really has a long way to go, but it's come a long way and it shows to be working and the results are getting more and more prominent as the years go on rather than being less and less prominent. 
And that really is to me, the strongest demonstration that there is something here. It's sound science, right? Because we're learning more about it. It's not being obfuscated in more and more confusion. Gotcha. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, so I always ask my guests as, as we kind of close here, I ask our guests to give us one health tip that can make us healthier today. Um, what would you say to that? I'd say do it sustainable for you, right? Not, not what uh, all the experts say, whether that's exercise or, or diet or anything. The, the, the best diet, the best exercise programs are the ones that you can stick with. Well, very good. Um, so to get a hold of you, I know you, you mentioned the, the drink, uh, hrw.com. Um, any other ways uh, that people can get a hold of you or, or uh, of the product? Um, yeah. So um, on Instagram, it's at drinkhrw, right? Drinkhrw.com is a consumer site. And uh, I also alluded to that not profit that I mentioned that kind of teaches scientific protocols. And um, we're not yet launched, but you know we've got a, a good expert panel. We're working on all these templates. Um, it's myjourney.science, right? And this is a, a nonprofit that's being designed so that everyone, as they're trying everything, right, can basically register your own case study. And we're going to give templates for all the different interventions. And then it's going to track results, you know? So say that there's things that are super popular, but they don't have good clinical evidence on. Um, when you get enough people that are all wearing wearable technology, you know, whether Aura rings or Fitbits or Apple watches, everything like that, uh, we have good tangible, tangible data that we can be tracking and find that, Hey, this works in 60% of people, but 10% of people have side effects. And as we start learning and unpacking this data that hundreds of millions of people are utilizing wearable technology every day, but it's not being tracked and they're not pursuing interventions with even the most basic controls, if we just tapped into a fraction of this, we would be learning at an exponential pace, right? And, and as a non-for-profit, not for profit, it's, it's free to the users, but we'll take donations, we'll sell placebos, things like that. All the funds that we gather, we're going to donate to public research teams that want to do proper clinical research on the interventions that are showing a benefit from users on our site. So this is something we've been working on for the last little while. Um, you can read a bit about us, uh, watch a video of why it's important to do and uh, expect uh, hopefully over this summer we'll, we'll be hard launched or soft launched with templates. Um, it slowed down uh, last fall because uh, most of our, our advisors and volunteers are, are in academia. So they went back to school, but that's wrapping up in the next week or so with all the exams, you know, so we'll, we'll be back on track to start getting these templates out. Uh, well, we appreciate your time and education on this uh, interesting topic and um, appreciate you guys listening and we will uh, talk to you next time. So. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to FitRx. I invite you to share this with friends and family. If you would like, you can check out our website at vibrantlifedc.com or you can email me at Greg at vibrantlifedc.com.